Hi everybody, welcome back to the Infinite Danger Room Podcast. Uh, I'm Matt Price, I'm here with Chris Borthick and Kate Polson and Anthony Brown, and we're here to review Captain Marvel, the latest in the Marvel Universe MCU of movies. Uh, let's just say off the top, number one, yes, we are four dudes talking to you about Captain Marvel, so if you feel like we're going to be mansplaining it to you, or that, you know, that's fine, you don't have to listen to us, in that one, and that's if you disagree with our opinion, that's also fine. Uh, at some point I will throw in the info I got from my uh, 16-year-old daughter on her take. So sure. I'll, I'll share that, but it's yeah. a otherwise it's a, otherwise that kind of a testosterone heavy review. But I don't think that means we're gonna be. I think we're looking at it from a fair point of view for yeah. the most part. I guess I'll see what you guys say first. But yeah. I, I think we try to look at things critically and fairly. Um, what else are we gonna say? Well, it's probably gonna be spoiler heavy. We rarely can sort of hold off on spoiling things, so just assume at this point, uh, if you're listening and it's a minute in, at any moment, Anthony's just gonna start yelling spoilers <laughs> randomly into the universe. Right. So just be prepared. <laughs> there could be spoilers in any minute. Uh so this is kind of our review and then kind of our take on Captain Marvel, starting starring Brie Larson, huge box office out of the gates, doing very well, uh continuing Marvel's sort of uh, ability to just do hit after hit after hit. Um, I, you know, Anthony, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready to go? I'm going to throw it to Anthony for right. his take. Start off. So I enjoyed this movie, and this is a movie that I enjoyed, but I'm also conflicted about. But it's strictly from a comic book perspective. Um, the character has a very rich history. I'm glad that they changed her origin story because it was very grisly to begin with. Um, and obviously you can't. You can't do that in a Disney movie. Um, all the things that she went through to get her powers. Um, so I'm glad that they took a different route. The, Even the short version is complicated. So I'm, yeah. I, I think they think they made her, her origin better. Exactly. So, and I think that Marvel has kind of retconned that over the years to make it more family friendly. I think with you know from what Marvel Studios has said, they've had this thing planned out for a while, and we knew Miss Marvel was coming for a while. So as the announcement came, you saw the Jamie McKelvey costume redesigned to make it more family friendly. And then they've started to move in that direction with the character. So I'm very happy and excited that, you know, they took a less grisly approach to her origin story. Um, I think that they saved several things about like who she was training with, because when the movie opens, she is on Kree or whatever or on Hala. Uh-huh. Um, home of the Kree and she's there training and you see her being trained by a Kree soldier but it's not revealed until later that it's Jan Rog and it's just like eh, Jan Rog um, and then you go a little bit further and she's communing with the supreme intelligence which I wanted to see the giant head with the octopus arms but I think that may have been a little bit hard to explain so they were like the supreme intelligence communicates with you and you are whatever you know you imagine the supreme intelligence so i'm like okay but still i would have liked the giant floating head in a, in a petri dish or whatever sure. it is and i think it was probably like from a logistical point of view a way to get annette benning in more scenes of yeah, course absolutely because you have her signed up to be this heroic character who i mean if we're just going to say spoilers is basically the original captain marvel mm-hmm. which, right <laughs> yes which is which is conflict number one for me right um but i mean so you, you're gonna pay her to do that but like she's right. in like one scene so I think that's maybe why they did this right. intelligence thing. So that's conflict number one for me because I'm a huge Marvel fan. Mm, um, if too. you've listened to this podcast, um, you've heard Chris and I both talk about how much we enjoy the character. And I guess this could leave it open to where th- 
the blonde-haired Marvel could still show up. Obviously, Marvel won the lawsuit for the title Captain Marvel, which is why they're using that again, even though Shazam is right around the corner, which, again, I find ironic because Captain Marvel, Shazam, um, Google it if you don't know the whole background with that. Um, but the character had to go away, and they tried to bring him back during Civil War, but then it turned out he was a scroll. Um, which brings me to um, my second conflict, which is the big twist and turn in the movie, which is the scroll like she's rescuing scrolls <laughs> like when i saw the scrolls i was sitting in the movie theater and i mumbled something that can't be repeated on this podcast if we want to keep the non-explicit rating um, because i was like blanking scrolls um and then when the twist happened i was just like disgusted i was like i can't stand the scrolls because of my affinity for the fantastic four so, but I think I mean I think it's a great twist. It is, it I works. realize it as works. a comic book fan, it's different, but I think it's a great twist, no. especially because you're expecting. Yeah, for, if you've read the comics, you just right. see what you're like. Oh, this is gonna be the thing, and then I mean, I think it's a great yeah. twist. Yeah. But so part of the one I have, I don't like the scrolls because of my history with the Fantastic Four, but also the reason I don't like it is I feel like it took away, and they did leave the door open that there were other branches of the scroll universe that you know are more nefarious for sure and that this guy just wanted to get reunited with his family ultimately like i get all that but i feel like they took away from the possibility of a secret invasion because if they were to do that i feel like that would be like that to me would be a really really awesome I'm not, I think you could do it. I just think it's going to... Keep in mind, this movie is 20 years ago in our right. time. Right. So who knows what's happened to the Skrull Empire. Of yeah. course. And this is also a very small faction of Skrulls. Exactly. Because so, they've established there's been a Kree-Skrull war going on, and obviously they hate each other for probably legitimate reasons. But this is a small group. That and they're going to in. find a new homeworld, which hopefully gets devoured by Galactus like it does in the comics. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll pass that. But I did enjoy, this was a very 90s mo- movie, had a bunch of 90s moments. Um, some of the things that people are up in arms about, about, you know, women's rights and things like that, or, or themes that were throughout the movie, I didn't notice any. I mean, it was dominant at times, but it's just like, I didn't have a problem with it because it was just like they were best friends and they were in the Air Force together. And you build those bonds with your brothers and sisters and the people that you go through all these things with. And also they were both trying to overcome, you know, not being able to be pilots, being told they aren't good enough. And when you do that stuff, you form (laughs) bonds, having played team sports or being in a fraternity and all the other goofy things I've done growing up in life. You build those bonds with people and they last forever and people that you share these experiences with. They stick with you for a lifetime. So I saw it as just that. And it's just like, you know, if there was romantic things on the side, obviously they didn't show it because, you know, who wants to explain that to their kids? Like Disney said they'll do that stuff, but they aren't going to cannonball into some of that stuff at times. And I'm like, I get it, at least in in this context. But I think if there was a romantic relationship, they would have played it just like there was one. Yeah. Right. well, but the internet is, as they say, shipping that right now. That's exactly. Big, which, that's I the mean, big thing. Which, but the internet will ship. The internet can anything. do it. I mean, but, and, so, that's and, fine. And it, and it may turn out that. But it I is, think if they it? had a character, yeah, right. I mean, I think there yeah. are. I think they will have characters. Right. I don't think they'll, they'll go be that subtle. Point. Yes, yeah. they'll go. But also, you could feel the tension between her and Fury as they got to know each other 
throughout, and so this was kind of like a buddy cop movie oh, yeah. anyway. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like even. I think it was refreshing to not really have a romantic subplot in the movie. Right. Yes. Right. There was just I, the that tension. was one of my points. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm glad because like not every movie needs that, and right. I was glad it made it it made it better because it didn't have that. She just had a she had a mission that she right. looked yeah. up. For, yeah, and a mission, and that's what this was about. Exactly. I love the personality they gave her because like she had a sense of humor, but she was a smart aleck to me kind of throughout and mm-hmm. so i really enjoyed that aspect of the character um she was very strong very she was very very strong um and i really enjoyed that about her as well i think the way that they positioned her and her power set and i love that she didn't just have full use of her powers throughout like she as the movie went on she gained use of her powers and understanding and she grew and she grew and I feel like, you know, based on our previous conversations where it's like she's going to be positioned to maybe take Chris Evans' place as the new captain on the Avengers. I feel like that this movie did a great job of setting her up and making her out to be that trump card that's going to come in and, and deal with the Thanos threat um, as the mid credit scene. Not to, not to jump too far ahead, but, you know, like. They in the mid credit scene they they do allude to some things and we'll we'll touch on that yeah. in a little bit but it's it's big enough so I mean they positioned her and made her look strong so strong throughout the movie you know at the end where she throws a rocket ship all the way back to Hala and it's just like okay Jan Rog like you tell the supreme intelligence like I'm coming to finish the business so I if I have a criticism I think it's that her character was largely the same. At the beginning of the movie, she was at the end of the movie. Right. So there wasn't much development. There wasn't, like, a lot of an arc. She did learn how to use her powers more, right. sort of, but really it wasn't that she learned how. They just were sort of... Uh, Unlocked. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, if I have a criticism of the film, it's that she starts the movie as kind of a angry, tough, you know, super competent warrior, and she ends the movie as kind of an angry, tough, super competent warrior. Like I said, maybe that's okay, but if if I have a criticism movie, that's probably it. Well, I mean, she's a warrior and she's a soldier, right? So she lost all of her memories prior to the six years she spent on Hala. Then she was trained for six years to be a warrior on Hala because that's what the Kree are. They're a warrior race that goes out and, and conquers and colonializes, and that's why there's seven different colors of Kree people, you know, living on Hala and throughout the cast and everything else. Mm-hmm. And so she gets her memories back, and then you found out that, you know, your memories have been distorted, perverted, and and abused, um, you know. And now you're here. So, what what else are you going to be but besides angry and want to get revenge, right? So, right. I think that given the art, the the story was small, mm-hmm. but it was big in scope. So, um, given how small the story was, like I think if it was a three hour drama like you know these avengers movies have been there would have been more time to expand her character arc but i think given the the smaller story that they told like i think it fits okay i mean that's my only i mean for the most part i enjoy it it's one of my few criticisms is just that like say the first captain america movie right there's a huge arc from Mm -hmm. yes from where he starts and where he ends. And in this movie, she's already... And I guess we got some of it in flashback with me. And a little, but even when she was a little girl, it didn't seem like she was, like, weak. It seemed like she was pretty much she's born ready to some degree, you know. Yeah. And, but that is kind of the Carol Danvers character, so... Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. maybe that's part of it. It's just she's just always been pretty tough. Mm-hmm. So, 
what I thought about the movie was I, I did like the gender swap um, for the movie. Uh, I read a lot of the early Captain Marvel books, especially uh, the beginning of Thanos. That was one of my goals this year was to read, you know, pretty much all the old Thanos stories yeah. before Endgame comes out. So Captain Marvel, uh, Walter Lawson, plays a, a huge role in the beginning of Thanos and his first death. And uh, changing that to Annette Benning um, as Wendy Lawson, I thought it made sense for this movie and what it was really kind of trying to instill within the audience. And that is a certain type of feminism. And I do think that that's good because this feminism isn't saying that you know, women should, women are better than men or anything like that. I think some people just have the wrong idea of what it's trying to say. It's saying that women can also be heroes. Uh, women are just as competent and, you know, they can lead teams and do these things as well. And I think that Captain Marvel proves that in the movie. Um, the scrolls ended up being kind of the good guys, at least a small group of scrolls. And that <laughs> definitely, uh, that definitely threw me off because I didn't expect that to happen. But uh, referencing comic books, I think uh, one thing it made me think of as soon as I saw it was the Young Avengers storyline. Right. Especially with uh, Changeling. Or not Hulkling. Changeling. Hulkling. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he's he's part uh, Kree, Kree part and scroll. part scroll. Right. So I thought that could be interesting, especially with the super scroll like coming to try to save him. So maybe that could set something up later on. Um, well, also Captain Marvel's many children. He's one of oh, Captain yeah. Marvel's many, many children. children. So I think it would be easy. Well, I don't know how they would explain Genus Vale and Phyla Vale <laughs> at some point. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. I mean, if they ever get introduced. Yeah. Um, I think that this movie, as far as kind of being a, a feminine superhero movie, um, it's different than Wonder Woman. And that it's probably, it's definitely more relevant for today's uh, audience and young girls. Because, you know, Wonder Woman, while she's she's very powerful and she's very confident, she's kind of always been that way too. Uh, she grew up on an island of just women. So when she was young and growing up, she didn't have, you know, men telling her that she couldn't do something because she was a woman. Uh, you see that in Captain Marvel. You see her being young and, you know, her dad and older maybe her brothers or you know certain friends are like you can't do this because you're a woman basically and uh, they even camp. reference they even yeah. reference the air force where women weren't allowed to do certain be pilots flying. yeah essentially be pilots combat, combat, combat pilots combat yeah. pilots because they could be in the air force obviously but they couldn't do certain certain things so they reference that and i'm sure that that is historically accurate so i think that that really uh, kind of hits home that that wasn't even that long ago that we didn't allow women to do that, and I think that that's important to know. Well, um, I mean, they just allowed women to women to join the Marines in the, what the last three yeah, years. Yeah, yeah, and so it's it's very interesting to see how you know relevant this really is because there are still struggles with you know simply just being a woman because some people have an inherent bias in that. But this movie does a good job of showing that uh, women can be powerful and strong as well. Um, the other thing I want to talk about real quick is Goose the Cat. I like to Goose the Cat. Um, I don't, I don't want to go too much into it because I kind of want you to experience it for yourself. But Goose the Cat was cool, what they did with it. Didn't really expect that. Uh, I like that they set up, uh, Monica Rambo to potentially be a hero in the future. Oh, and it'd be great if 20 years later they cast yeah, yeah, yeah. her as somebody who joins the Avengers or yeah, whatever. Exactly. That'd be awesome. And you could tell, you know, especially with... Uh, Monica knowing um, Carol when she was 
young and then seeing her again finally right. was it six years later she comes back so she's a little bit older but she calls her aunt carol she exactly. always looked up to her she was a good role model for her uh, especially since her uh, her mom was it maria rambo correct yeah. maria rambo they were really good friends in the air force and in the movie so it was good to uh, see you know Marvel really already planting those seeds. You can tell they're probably going to do something with these right. characters in the future. Right. And I think that that's, uh, that's smart and that's good. I think they did a good job of taking a lot of the Captain Marvel stuff right. that was kind of thrown out haphazard by Marvel because they didn't know what they were doing in retrospect right. and saying, okay, well, how do we get Monica Rambeau in there? How do we mm-hmm. make this origin more streamlined? They basically threw every Captain Marvel in this movie that Marvel's ever had because Monica Rambeau at one point went by Captain Marvel. So. Yeah, exactly. And um, just kind of reiterate, I like that there was no love interest in this. It was just, let's, let's get to the mission. Let's accomplish what we need to accomplish. I, I see what Matt's saying, too. There wasn't maybe a whole lot of character development with her because she's a Kree soldier. You know, she lost her memory of what happened on Earth. She's kind of discovering that. Uh, but she, maybe if, if you apply what she did have to go through to get to where she got to. Right. You could see some development that way, but you know, it's pretty much the same character at the beginning of the movie as at the end, but she's uh, more developed. I mean, she's bit. found her friends she's again. Found her friends again. Exactly. So there she's is found that. Herself again, but she memory. hasn't necessarily changed. Yeah. But exactly. I don't know. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what people think over time because that is, my, like I said, my main criticism is that she doesn't necessarily yeah. grow as a character, but maybe because she'd forgotten who she was, maybe that is kind of a type of character growth. Yeah, well, I also think given the time that elapses during the movie, um, again, in some of the other movies, you can tell that longer periods of time elapse over the course of it, like Captain America. Yeah. You know, a longer period of time because he was doing that during what was that World War Two, mm-hmm. and like that, uh, like he was fighting those battles over longer periods, and you'd see newspapers go, so you were like right. time passed. So obviously his character evolved. Yeah. This, Whereas this is a pretty short. Yeah, this all transpired in a two three days, and so like I'm not sure. Good question. Week or so maybe. Exactly. I mean, you know, but it wasn't minus the flashbacks. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, the the action part of the main focal point of the movie happened let's say across a week in time Mm -hmm. and so like when i I know this from from people that have served like when you go serve overseas and then you're on your way back they send you somewhere else to decompress first Mm -hmm. and then they don't just drop you off in society um you know she went and did this for six years Mm -hmm. and then poof she's back here and she's had no time to Mm reacclimate. so you know to me that's something that I think if she had been given more time to reacclimate, she'd be like, oh, yeah, cheeseburgers. I remember these. <laughs> yeah. um, and then she, you know, would start to explore and maybe evolve more as a character. But when you are on combat missions for six years, come back, you know, find out that the people you were doing missions with that you thought were your brothers were the bad guys. Um, I think that that's going to distort your frame of reference and you aren't going to change very much you're going to be like instead of kill this group of guys i'm going to go kill this group of guys instead uh two more things i want to talk about real quick before i give it to chris um trailer versus movie i wasn't super impressed with the trailer when i first saw him i thought it looked all right they read the second one that i thought looked better and then i thought the movie actually exceeded like anything that i thought of just watching the trailers i thought the movie was way better um the kind of like last battle scene with yon rog when Jan Rog was telling yeah. uh, Carol that he needed to prove to her that she was ready and she could beat him, and she just blasts him with her photon blast, and she says, I have nothing to prove to you. I That's thought that it. was kind of like, 
what the movie was going for. And exactly. I thought that that was great. Uh, that was probably one of my favorite scenes. That and the goose, the cat scene. Those were those were both pretty great. So I'll give yeah. it to Chris. Okay. Well, you guys have hit a lot of stuff. Um, but um, I want to. My some of my favorite things are probably uh, as above mentioned. But I also really thought Young Nick Fury was a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. he was. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson letting his hair down, so to speak. They gave uh, death to the character. A lot of, a lot of yeah. fun. A lot of uh, the the origin of the eye patch was kind of amusing. Um, it was a little sad, weird to me, but but, but I feel like they funny. could have done better with it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but I mean, it was kind of funny. It was like oh. Right. Uh, of all the legends it could have been, this is what happened. So, um, this is probably this this movie does hold my favorite Stanley cameo. Um, that there was something very, I, I know he, you know we were all aware and conscious that he just passed away, but it was something very fourth wall about the way she looked at him right. on the bus that kind of said, that was actually a reshoot, was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna say that was very much a it was like a very much a, a warm smile, and I was like, wow, we broke we broke the wall for just a second, which was very cool. Can we so, pause for just a sec? Like the opening montage that they fantastic. did, yeah, yeah, I was like, they oh, hit, yeah. they hit this Remarkable. out of the park with the Stan Lee yeah. and yeah. all his cameos. I was just like, like that is very classy. Mm-hmm. That was the way to do it. I wasn't expecting that. Didn't know it was coming. And you know, I started clapping in my theater where I did it, and I was the only person doing so. But I was just <laughs> like, that to like, that was very very tasteful, mm-hmm. very well done, and I really applaud Marvel. Literally applauded Marvel for doing that. Yeah, yeah. That that scene you were talking about though on the bus. Yeah. Um, did he look like a little CGI to you? A little bit. I mean, I he know, I did, kind of but I'm it. not sure if he, I think that I don't think he was. I think I'm they had so, shot. Yeah, he had shot it. Remember that they part. Said, I think he's they may, shot they like maybe two had more. put a. They maybe yeah, put a little. He's uh, done. They said he before he would shot like five extra scenes or whatever yeah. cameo scenes. So, so he, I know he has. They more. maybe edited that a little bit in, to make it seem. It looked, it looked a little different. Yeah, well, I know he's got one in Spider Man. I know he's got one in this Avengers movie. Yeah, but it may be that. They shot him like sitting on a bus doing something, something but he else. may not have actually been on the bus for the scene. If you know mm-hmm. what I mean, like yeah, they may yeah, have, right? They, may have they just have canned him scenes yeah. for him for like the next three or four movies. Yeah, and but, then, yeah. but nonetheless, I I was very. But I, I did hear cool. they reshot that reaction shot to give it oh, a little okay. more of a moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really cool. Plus, the mall rats reference was funny. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed the buddy picture. I'm I'm gonna echo with you guys. I I appreciate uh, once again that we don't necessarily have to have a romance in the movie. Right, I mean. Yeah. Um, I thought that was really fun. Uh, I will also, though, chime in with Matt on that. I kind of agree that that this one doesn't have as strong of a character development arc mm-hmm. as it could. Um, and while while I do acknowledge, because I work with veterans and I, I know a lot of uh, veterans, um, that 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 whole that whole combat thing can be playing into this. But but also, I think psychologically, the fact that your memories suddenly return you're going to have a little more of an emotional reaction. I mean, she did have some with her friends and her family and her old family. And that was cool. But I would think that there would have been, you know, a a more passionate rage, I guess that like you guys have kind of violated, you know, and kidnapped me sort of thing. So, and maybe I just didn't pick up on enough of that, but, but overall, I mean, and again, that's a minor thing because I still really enjoyed the movie. It's, it's still a good movie. Um, I need to see it again to kind of pick up all the extra details and and all of the stuff that that goes with it. I think the uh, once again Marvel nails it with the music. The the period music was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. Uh, 
I, I liked uh, I liked stealing the bike. That was there was a lot of cool, cool stuff. Right. There was a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, Colson. Mm-hmm. Colson was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, he just it makes me sad that that you know he's he's so out of pocket with with his TV show, but it's always great to see him in the movies. Yeah, that was great. So a couple of things that I didn't like is there were things that were CGI, mm-hmm. and you could tell like Colson looked a little bit plastic mm-hmm. on yeah, his mm-hmm. um, the running scenes with Nick Fury. He ran like a seventy year old man because. He is, is 70 year old. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I think that a stunt double, or at least maybe showing him from the back and yeah, having yeah. someone younger run in his place because he just, like, it looked like he moved like a 70 year old man, not a in shape yeah. shield officer. Well, you tell him that. Um, you tell him <laughs> hey, you're, Samuel L. Jackson says. you're old, Sam. Like, <laughs> like, what do you want? Like, I don't know what else, else to tell to you. Like, like, the response yeah. will not be available to be recorded on this podcast. Exactly. I'm sure. So he will have some words. Yeah. Um, I thought the music was great. I did think at points they did go a little bit overboard, but I'm, you know, like. What I mean, but again, like all of my nitpicks are small, and honestly, my biggest nitpicks were were comic related. I really thought that they were going to say that Jan Rog was Marvel mm. and that he yeah. was training her and then they revealed later, later that it was Jan Rog and I was just like Jan bleeping Rog. Like yeah. are you serious, Jan Rog? Um <laughs> The Tesseract, I really want to kinda explore the arc of the Tesseract because the Tesseract was the thing that they went to capture in space and that was Mar Marvell somehow got her got her hands on the Tesseract and that's how she was developing the technology because she was a Kree operative there on Earth and everything else. And so when the Tesseract ends on Nick Fury's desk, we know that they found the Tesseract in Captain America at the end on the sub. They grab it and bring it back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of would love to see at some point kind of the journey of the Tesseract in maybe some older yeah, movies. That's true. They don't they don't find it at the end of Captain America. Well they didn't no. find it but it melts off and falls into the ocean into the and ocean. they had they had Stark in a sub it, right? Stark Yeah, Stark, Stark found it in the it. sub. So she probably just got it from him somewhere. Right. Well, I know, but some I way mean, it went from Stark to her. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So but I mean Stark was Stark was a part of the was one of the original founders of Shield. Mm-hmm. But I want to see the arc of the Tesseract mm-hmm. because here it is in nineteen ninety Right, and then it's something. We know where it is in like nineteen what fifty five or right. something. Right. Or, oh, yeah, yeah. So that's what 40s. I'm saying. Like the arc yeah. of the Tesseract and all that fun stuff. Like I would love to see, kind of, what happened to it because they've true because it's clear they've been fidgeting with it for a while, sure. and so I think that if they they've toyed around with human history, so I think they could be like, this is how we got the internet. Is like we right. we put the Tesseract next to a computer and then. Poof. You know, and I, that was one of the things I enjoyed was like them being on the internet and how long it took oh things God. to load. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Like, yeah, that was funny. What's happening? It's and loading. so <laughs> my son is not old enough, but at some point he's going to be like, oh, yeah, dad, you lived before there was internet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I tell this, I tell people this story all the time. Like, when my wife and I had our baby shower for our first son. We went to an elementary school, and the first time I felt old, um, a kid had missed the bus to go home. So the teachers told the the kid to call, to call her mom, and they gave her a phone with a keypad, and she didn't know how to use it because 
she had never heard a dial tone before, but also when she pushed the numbers, she couldn't see them on the screen. So she didn't know how to use a regular landline phone. And I was just like, this is the first time I've ever felt old. That's hilarious. So, you know, and like seeing that with the disc and like them loading stuff and him typing with two (laughs) fingers because that's how everyone did it. That's going to be our generation's thing is like, you know, exactly. our, our parents and our grandparents are like, I had to walk five miles to school every day. And then we're going to be like, I used to not have Internet. <laughs> I just had to go play. Outside. I'm going to say like back in our back in our day, we only had like two gigabit, you know, Internet yeah. connections yeah. or whatever. Like, you know, what we used to do. We have to go. We used to have to go to these places called offices to go to work <laughs> the public that, library exactly. yeah. internet <laughs> we i mean like we used to have these like there was no amazon we used to have to go to this place called the mall right. the, <laughs> the, so. the soundtrack in the movie that was very 90s very cool yeah, yeah. What was there I, don't, I know there was nirvana come as you mm-hmm. are right especially when she met the supreme intelligence there was a uh, smashing pumpkins references the melancholy and the infinite sadness when she was outside the record store what she have on? She had, she had nine inch nails. Nine inch sure. nails. Nine inch nails. Sure. There was the blockbuster video, which yeah. was fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. So like all these little nineties Easter eggs. There were some really cool. Um, the movies that were in the background. Um, oh, who is that stand up of? That was a Schwarzenegger in True Lies. Yeah, yeah the hardware cut out. I can't. So. When I get on DVD, I'm gonna have to pause and see what all you can see. In that yeah. Movie so because yeah. like you gotta figure out, are they all Disney movies or yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm sure there are a couple that are you know. Loosely related to recent acquisitions, so um, yeah. One thing that I just probably should mention is like, and something that people criticized a little bit about Wonder Woman, especially the Zack Snyder one, being more than the Patty Jenkins one, is that they're kind of you know there's kind of sexualized. There was a lot more about like looking at them, you right. know, at their physical perfections or whatever. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel is not really sexualized in this movie, Mm-mm. yeah, no, which is I think a positive thing. I mean, yeah. Definitely. I'm not saying you can never do it because I, I mean, when you look at a Thor movie, he is kind of sexualized, but they don't necessarily sexualize Cap, Captain America. I mean, maybe when he first comes out of the thing, but you right. know, but for the most part, they, you know, I think having a female character that that's not something that they do is is a positive step. Yeah, definitely. Um, I love when she was picking her costume colors, how they did all three of her old costumes. So mm-hmm. they did the orange and the blue. Then they do the black, red, and yellow, and then she finally settled on the red, blue, and gold. So um, that was a fun deal. I was also amazed at how quickly that little kid picked up how to use it. Um, <laughs> she was like, look, I, yeah, I'll yeah. do it. Myself. Like, I'll do it for you. That's, you know, how, that's how kids go. So, yeah, because my kid can use an iPad. They just figure it all out. Yeah, he can use an iPad and do just about anything, but he still can't read. So, yeah. <laughs> They figured out how to do that stuff. Um, one thing that I thought was going to happen is like I don't think anybody called her Captain Marvel at any point, did they? No, they no. did not. No, it, which is a little weird to have a whole movie yeah. about Captain Marvel and not have anybody ever actually called Captain Marvel in it. Yeah, but right. so it makes you wonder how they're going to get there because I mean, obviously they referenced Marvel, right? Yeah, you know, but she was always always Vers, right? I think at some point, I mean, I guess in the Avengers movie, they'll be like, what do we call you? And I guess she'll tell them Captain Marvel, I assume. Yeah, she'll probably just take it up uh, in honor of, yeah, her. And I also, they, her name was the Avenger or whatever on the side of her plane. Oh, yeah, on the side of her plane. And so, like, but Captain America was the first Avenger, so, but then, like, I guess that's how they came up with the Avenger protocol. So that was cool seeing Fury kind of type that out. Yeah, that was neat. Tie that in, yeah. Obviously, yes, sir. But I mean, I love how they left things open ended. 
so that they could weave it together during the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm sure that she's going to say her name is Captain Marvel at some point during the mm-hmm. during the deal because they're going to show her off in space, like kicking some Kree butt or something like that. Um, I'm sure at some point since it seems like she's going to be a space space hero, we may see her with the Guardians. Yeah. Um, she did join them briefly in the comics. Uh, and so again, like if she's going to be out there, I would, I think that the first of, um, Marvel's children she may encounter is Phyla Vell, especially because the next Guardians movie is supposed to be about Warlock. Um, you know, Genus Fell doesn't really interact in that portion of. So you think universe. like Wendy Lawson possibly had kids out in space before coming to Earth? Is that what you're speculating? Something like yeah, it could like be possible. Yeah. Or I mean, her husband could be out there, and then like, hey, he has sired all these children across the yeah. multiverse, and yeah, or if they're you know, who knows? Maybe they, maybe it's kind of like Krypton, you know, Man of right. Steel, where they just create children. They're not; it's not like a natural birth. You, know, you could probably do a lot of things with that, right? Well, I. Yeah, but in the comics, he is like a... He's not a cosmic gigolo, but... <laughs> you know, up a bit. I mean, like, yeah. he... I mean, it's like, to me, anytime they want to introduce a, a space-based character or, like, someone that has powers that are unique to his, it's just like, yeah, I'm his kid. Well, you know, and you, you mentioned Phyla Vell, right. which she later becomes Quasar, one of the Quasars. Right. right. And uh, I just... With the quantum bands that Quasar has... Don't you think that's maybe going to be linked somehow to the quantum realm that they keep referencing? I feel like that could happen. I There's going to be, again, like Marvel has laid the ground, groundwork for this to where they can go just about anywhere and tie these people in. I'm sure that at some point during this Avengers movie, she's going to run into Monica mm-hmm. or either yeah. in a sequel. And then like that's how Monica is going to get her powers. But it's not going to be like a part of the main movie. It's going to be like at the end. She's going to be like... Mm-hmm. At the end of the Avengers, at the end of the Avengers Assemble cartoon, where when Carol's floating and looking at the ceiling, she's like, "How did I get so close to the ceiling?" And like that's how she gets her powers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Also, one of the things that has changed is the abilities of the Tesseract, um, because it is the Space Stone in uh, in in the Infinity Gauntlet, or basically the Infinity Gem universe. And this space zone is basically just an energy harness or a plasma, whatever. Um, but in the comics, it can rewrite space and mm-hmm. history and things like that, you know, in, in rearranged universes. Um, and this is basically just a, I don't know, energy wielding Although device. we don't necessarily know right. what well, she was building with the I mean, machine before it blew up. Well, like no, the engine could have doing, used it. Right. I don't think the engine's going to rewrite space. Well, yeah. Like to travel. Right. Yeah, because they had the engine, but they also had the core. Which yeah, right. Is just well, is an energy. Well, they said the core was the energy source. Mm-hmm. Well, and they also seem to say it was a weapon, so it could so, have yeah. been something that but was going to destroy or fold space or change space or disrupt space. You don't mm-hmm. know. Well, they ultimately ended up making the guns out of it, so I think that's the the line that they were on because Nick Fury had his entire cache of guns in the first Avengers movie. Well, yeah, but that's the Red Skull's cache, so... No, that's his. He well, built... He, he took them. Did he mm-hmm. take them? I thought he built They were the hydro weapons. That's why Cab got mad. Gotcha. Um, but, yeah, and I think that... I think that singular application can also be explained by the fact that that was the Red Skull's bag was conquering, so he probably didn't look for much. Right. Other options. But we do know that, that 
it does have a some sort of spatial right because he spatial, ends up because he ends up across the galaxy thanks right. to yeah. it and so i mean some it's got, 50 60 years it's got later. some cosmic yeah. level power in it which she has thanks to it so that's probably another tie-in for yeah. how she'll be able to fight him fight thanos because she's basically powered by one of the gems and so, so like i guess the way that marvel has positioned her she is the most powerful avenger now or the most powerful character in the marvel universe Mm -hmm. so and i think that kind of aligns now with where her power set is comic wise obviously the hulk from world war hulk is the strongest because like he was just angry the whole time and he just never lost his strength and like would re um regenerate and heal and do all this other goofy stuff during world war hulk but outside of that i don't know that i've ever seen thor kind of come close to her power set and honestly in this her power set is closer to binary than it is captain marvel and so as binary she was like you know um very like among the most powerful superheroes but as captain marvel she was basically just strong and able to she was able to fly and be strong and able to punch stuff so um but her energy blasts were not as devastating as they are in the binary form and so like at some point she linked up with the Shi'ar um with the Imperial Guard in the of the Shi'ar and so all that fun stuff and so um there's a lot of different ways they could go with her I would love to see them introduce the X-Men into all of this because she does have a great history with Mm -hmm. the X-Men themselves closing that deal next Wednesday by the way yes yes indeed They, yeah, they're saying that the, that's when we'll start probably seeing some movement for the Marvel Universe mm-hmm. and yeah. so, our errant people. And again, there are rumors that the end of the X-Men movie is going to give way to some of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, post credit scene, you know, I don't know, Iron Man may show up in his, um, I call it the Iron Man Audi because he seems to always drive, you know, some <laughs> incredible Audi that I would never right. see rolling down the streets of Oklahoma. Yeah. Uh, maybe in Miami when I'm down there for work. But, um, you know, and he's like, hey, Charles, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and they could still, they could still work a cameo in even. They could have had shot something very small for end games exactly. as well. So you you never know. But I, we'll, we'll find out soon enough. We will find but out. But back to Captain Marvel. Yeah. yeah uh, <laughs> well, I mean, let's hit final thoughts. Uh, let's see. I started with Anthony with first thoughts. Let's go to Chris with final thoughts. Um, I think it's a really good movie. Um, it's I, I think it's really great that they have a strong female superpower house of a character now uh in the marvel universe too um their version of wonder woman she she would take wonder woman i i will say (laughs) far more powerful than wonder woman is but uh it's really really cool to add her to the to the pantheon i enjoyed it um i would like to see more from this universe i would also like i think the rest of us would like to see what happened in that 20 year time span and what she's been up to but hopefully we'll get some more pictures of that and maybe another movie that'll show us something um definitely go see it enjoy it yeah uh my final thoughts it's definitely worth your time and your money um especially if you have young kids i I think it's important to you know take them to see these heroes and you know these movies who who could be good role models even if they are fictional 
um, and especially to represent you know young young girls in such a positive way. Uh, the movie was just really well done. I enjoyed it, you know, and I, I definitely tried to set my you know comic book background aside to watch it, and I did enjoy it. Um, and so just go out and see it. I think it has a lot of implications for you know the next phase of Marvel movies. And so I know everybody wants to see them because of that as well. And especially for Endgame, which is coming out next month. So definitely go see the movie. It was a good, solid movie. Um, my final thoughts, post credit scene. Um, we see the beeper going off and we didn't really talk about that. But the beeper shuts off. And they're like, hey, Fury was trying to contact her, someone on this. Whoever it is, you guys need to keep this thing going um, and keep it powered up. And then, like, you see the camera, like, pan to her kind of scary movie style. And she's like, what happened to Fury or where's Fury? Um, I think is the exact quote. Mm -hmm. And so then it's right there. So I think that um, that's what happened. But in your regard, you compared her to Wonder Woman. Mm -hmm. I see her more as being the Superman of mm -hmm. this group. Like, the same kind of color palette in the costume right. and things like that. I kind of see her more as the... Yeah. The Superman equivalent, like she's strong, she's powerful, she flies, she, you know, does all of this stuff. So I feel like they're positioning her to be the Superman. Well, even like the... names like Carol Danvers, exactly. Cara Danvers. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, weird it's, coincidences there. <laughs> exactly. So um, I did enjoy the movie. Thought it was thought it was excellent. Um, again, all of my all of the nits I have to pick are strictly comic book related, Fantastic Four related. Um, you know, because I've been sculpted over a lifetime of reading their comics and building a hatred of the scrolls, um, you know. And so I would love to see the scrolls get crushed at some point by Thor's hammer <laughs> or some sort in, in some way. Um, Give him time. Exactly. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some bad scrolls out there. Yeah. There's bad. There's, there's good bad and bad. Everybody. Bad everybody. Look at exactly. Fantastic Four. And you free. don't end up with a super scroll somehow. Something's gone wrong. Yeah. So exactly. there'll be at least there'll be a few. Yeah. That's also one of the things bad. that I wonder how Marvel pulled off because they shot this movie before the Fox merger was done. Mm -hmm. But the reason they could not use the Silver Surfer and some of the other people that had been in the previous Fantastic Four movies was they were considered part of that character universe. Right. And so when they announced long ago that the Skrulls were going to be the main antagonist, even though that switched, um, in this movie, I, you know, I knew this was coming, but I was just like, you know, they are part of the Fantastic Four universe, so maybe... Read Sue Ben and Johnny um, and Herbie the Robot are hanging out somewhere. Right. I think they were working some kind of deal, which ended up just being right. they bought the whole company. But I think even right. prior to that, they were probably working yeah. well, side they, deals along they did the way. Ego and Negasonic right. Teenage Warhead. Right. They did a trade essentially right. for right. those two. Yeah, well, and also you have to remember, though, that the Scrolls had never shown up in the Fantastic Four movies yet. So right. there was probably more wiggle room for that property to be like, right. eh, you haven't used them. So no Well, and they both used Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch right. at the same time. So, but, yeah. so, I mean, the rules must have been. But they, weird. <laughs> they ret but they retconned Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch because at the time there was pushback legally from them using they Quicksilver. They they changed them right, which in the comics they changed their origin to say they're not mutants, even though they're now putting out toys with the three pack of 
Magneto, Scarlet Witch, and Quicksilver is the family right. pack. So um, I think they've even walked that back and say, no, they were lying. They are mutants. They are Magneto's <laughs> kids. Now that they, you know, have, have all the rights to everything. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, somebody was asking me, did Stanley actually create uh, Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel? And he didn't create carol roy thomas did right um but he had suggested the name ms marvel for a character and she eventually became ms marvel Mm -hmm. um and of course he did create nick fury he did create uh yon rog as Mm -hmm. we uh mentioned yon rog earlier and i think he created the original marvel marvel i believe right yeah he did okay that was stanley and gene colon so so there's definitely a lot of stanley influence in it even if he didn't specifically create carol danvers Mm -hmm. um so yeah, uh, good film. Go see it. I don't know if I mentioned what my kids thought. Rachel loved it. She was she thought it was a great film. She really liked the final Yon Rog uh, yeah. com scene. fight. Yeah, yeah, the whole I don't need to prove anything <laughs> to you. Prove anything. To you. She really liked that. And so yeah, the kids had a good time. I think it was. I think they enjoy seeing you know. And the fun thing kind of about them is they don't really know why you wouldn't. Like right. why wouldn't there be a cool female superhero that's sure. of course you would right. mm-hmm. so the fact that at least they're growing up thinking oh that's of course what you should have is probably kind of a good thing right. yeah. so all right uh so hey if you have any questions you can uh hit us up on facebook we're infinite danger room there uh shoot us an email at infinite danger room at gmail.com i occasionally remember to check that and you can also leave us a rating or review on itunes uh for kate Polson, anthony Bryan, and chris borthick i'm matthew price thank you for listening